1: Good afternoon and welcome. As you heard in Bob's News, it's one of the key pain points in many household budgets. I'm talking about hydro rates. And in the last election campaign, Doug Ford promised to lower those rates by 12% or an average of $173. Well, guess what? Instead of going down... Hydro rates are up by an average of two bucks a month or 1.8%. And a new report from the Fraser Institute finds that between April of 2018, or just before Ford took power, until April of 2019, After they took power, the cost of household electricity in Toronto increased by 5%, and Ontario residents are paying on average 22% more than people in the rest of the country, while large electricity consumers are paying 60 five percent more. I'd like to know what you think of that, if you're disappointed in the government because of it, how it affects your budget. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And right now, I'd like to go to Ken Green, Chair of Energy and Environmental Studies at the Fraser Institute. Hi, Ken. Hi, how are you? Fine. Thank you for joining us. So My pleasure. Why is it that Ontarians are paying such high interest rate uh, uh, hydro rates, excuse me?
2: Well, simply put, it's because there were some bad decisions made in the past regarding <clears throat> managing Ontario's energy system, shifting the balance of power away from coal toward natural gas and then having some trouble getting the natural gas done. But uh, also there's a, there's a shift toward renewable power which um, I have nothing against renewable energy, wind, solar, et cetera, in their place, but uh, Ontario seems not to be the place because um, in the part of your power bill that's called the global adjustment,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: the renewables are 34% of that part of your bill. And yet they produce a very small amount of electricity in Ontario. And so those keep going up. So the global adjustment went up 13% over that same period of time you discussed, from 2018 to 2019, and that ripples through your, your hydro bill. Uh, but it's not the actual cost of generating power. It's, it's a bit of a grab bag of renewables plus maintenance things for different parts of the system plus decisions that were made to cancel contracts or cancel gas plants or uh, end coal power So it's, a, it's a, and retire them. So there's a lot in the global adjustment, but that's where your bill is going up.
1: Uh, What about uh, subsidies, or do you consider those the subsidies?
2: I consider the fact that the government signed contracts, previous governments, not the current government, previous governments um, after the Green Energy Act signed contracts with uh, renewable providers, wind and solar uh, providers, for um, above market prices for their electricity. So when they were generating, uh, they had priority in terms of selling into the grid, and their price was fixed much higher than competing sources. And so pretty much, even if they were actually selling their their energy at a very low cost or even a a loss, the government made them whole by paying the amount that they were contracted for. So their incentive was to simply sell out all the power, even at very low prices, in order to undercut, and undercutting their, their backup power, natural gas. Um, and, and as a consequence, we've seen prices go up. So the subsidies are there in the form of feed-in tariffs that require a certain amount of energy, renewable energy fed into the grid and that have been paid a certain amount per kilowatt hour.
1: Now, the current government promised to lower hydro rates. Instead, hydro rates are actually going up. Why are they going up, in your view?
2: Well, I would step back a minute and point out that, that, that the issue is, is a long one in running. It, it's built since the beginning of the Green Energy Act. Energy systems are notoriously slow to, to evolve. It's very, very hard to make rapid changes in an energy system uh, without risking catastrophic failures and things like that. So within, in one year, I doubt there's much anybody could do. Uh, but the momentum from the past seven or eight years is still in the system. And by pumping up the global the adjustment and by having other charges come through your bill, that's, that's a long-term thing that needs to be addressed. And, and the way we've po- pointed out in this paper, it needs to be addressed, is those contracts need to be renegotiated, which requires a legislative response, not simply an executive one. It's not something that uh, the premier could just say, I want to renegotiate these contracts and open them up again or cancel them, uh, because they're in effect. Well, he, he in
1: effect did it. say that during the campaign, <laughs>
2: Well, he and he did cancel 758 early term, I think 758, um, more than 700, uh, early, very early term proposed contracts. They had not been signed and put into effect, and those were canceled. So the, the ones that, that were not legally binding yet on the government um, were indeed canceled before they could become legally binding contracts. It's the residual ones that were agreed to beforehand that the government has to address. And they're locked, they're buried in the global adjustment. Um, right, but I'm saying
1: that there were promises, don't, don't you worry we're going to cancel those too.
2: Well, it may take more than one year. Um, I mean, if, if legislative action is required, um, it's going to take a, a certain amount of time. I don't, I, I'm not in Toronto, and I don't know, or Ontario, and I don't know if South Ford promised it within a certain couple of weeks or period of time. But it um, It could. T- it, just as it took time to make this problem, it's going to take some time to make it go away. And while you can play tricks, as the previous government did, by extending the contracts and, in fact, increasing the debt you push into the future to get a, a reduction in rates, a seeming reduction in rates right away, if you want real reform, it's going to take an act of the legislature and then some time.
1: Now, uh, the old bills actually kind of hid this. The new bills supposedly will be up front. Uh, Is that a step in the right direction in your view?
2: Well, I'm I'm really all about transparency um, in in these things. And so I think uh, it's definitely good when, for example, um, these things are are overt and you can see the actual cost of government decision-making on your your, uh, home budget. And so I I'm I'm for the idea of breaking out line items and showing uh the consumer what they're paying for and letting them decide then where the value is uh in what they're paying for and I I would say the same thing for labeling gasoline pumps with how much the the tax or carbon price is adding or anything like that. I'm I'm fully about for consumer transparency.
1: Okay, Ken, hold on. I'd like to take a few calls. We've got Pat in Toronto. Hi Pat.
3: Hi. Uh, I know a little bit about this. Um, One of the big reasons we pay high power rates in Ontario is because back in the 1960s and, and even before that, Ontario and Quebec didn't get along. So the result was that the Quebec power, all that power generated in James Bay, rather than being sold to us in Ontario who are closer, was sold down to the U.S., and <clears throat> instead, Ontario went nuclear, and it looks great on a slide rule, but it doesn't work out. Nuclear is very expensive, and that is the reason we're paying our high costs, one of the main reasons
2: we're paying our high costs.
1: Okay, I'm going to run that by Ken to see if he agrees. Pat, thanks for your call.
2: Ken? Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I actually think there's some truth to, to the story. I'm not going to get into whether Quebec doesn't like Ontario and did this despite them. But, um, the, 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 there, there certainly could have been more sales from Quebec. In fact, as we wrote in the previous paper, that was one way to address the problem is to buy more hydropower from uh, Quebec. And I believe that's been done. Um, and it, you're, and, and Pat is right. Nuclear power, um, is quite expensive in North America, especially to build new. Uh, it has been since the 1970s. Um, it's, it's, it tends to be delayed. It tends to be extended and it tends to be very expensive. So, um I think he, he has certain points like I said I, I can't I'm not one to ascribe motivations to an entire province and say
4: they,
1: yep. they're taking
2: actions despite their face but um there's some truth to the to the question.
1: Okay. Uh let's take another call from Hillary in Port Perry. Hello Hillary. Hi uh Libby. I have never understood why um people complain about their hydro bills which is the least of my bills. And yet their Internet cable and cell
3: phone is way more, you know. And you know how life stops when uh, the hydro goes off? You know, you can't do anything when the hydro goes off.
1: Yeah, but for a lot of people, they have to make terrible choices, uh, you know, heat or eat. Well, it can be very expensive. Well, then they should cut off their cable or their cell phone or
3: their Internet. And pay their hydro bills.
1: Well, it's, it's it's illegal to cut off people's heat during the winter.
3: Well, mine is not hydro heat, so maybe if you
1: have hydro heat,
3: they're very um, high.
1: Okay. Okay. Okay, thanks a lot for that, Hillary. Okay, you're welcome. Okay. Um, so, Ken, where, where does this uh, leave us?
2: Well, I think it leaves, it leaves the province with a, with a continuing challenge to bring its power bills down. I think the, one of the numbers you cited earlier, to me, really looms very, very large in an industrial province like Ontario. If your large power consumers, and that's going to be your industrial base, are paying 65% more on average than the rest of Canada, not to mention what they paid south of the border in the United States that's a real pressure on capital and, and, and the flow, outflow of industrial and manufacturing processes to places where the power costs, which are often a very significant share of costs, are lower. And so to be competitive and to stay competitive with these in, the industries that, that have high power demand, really somehow they have to find ways to bring down the cost of power. Just giving subsidies to one group or another I wouldn't, wouldn't agree with, But bringing down the overall cost of power, I think, by changing the mix um, and and addressing the renewable contracts is probably where they need to go. It will take some time.
1: Okay. Ken Green, Chair of Energy and Environmental Studies at the Fraser Institute in British Columbia. Thanks so much for being with us.
2: Thank you very much. Have a great day.
1: You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, now I would like to bring in... Peter Tabbins, who is the NDP energy critic, and Brian Lilly, who is a columnist from with the Toronto Sun. Welcome to you both, and thanks for being with us. Thanks Thank so you. much, Libby. Okay, let's start with Peter Tabbins. So uh, what do you make of the Fraser Institute report? It's a little ideologically uh, opposed to the side you're generally on. Ah!
3: <laughs> you're so tender, Libby. Okay. <laughs> You should be a diplomat. Um,
1: (laughs) Okay. Well,
3: for me, this is just a continuation of the story under the Liberals. I mean, they were really bad on energy. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to make an argument to the contrary. Uh, But what's happened is that Doug Ford has just continued on, Uh, in fact... As people can see from rising prices, things are getting worse. He's not willing to take on the privatization, which is draining a lot of money out of Ontario. He's not willing to stand up for customers when uh, Hydro One holds on to a $2.6 billion gift that the Liberals gave them when they privatized them. Uh, And I don't see any action, frankly, on the promise he made to lower bills by a further 12%. I asked. Him about that in the legislature the other day, and what I got was a lot of mumbling and gobbledygook. I mean, they they have no concrete plan for actually bringing this under control. That's pretty obvious. If they had it, uh, you have to ask, well, why aren't they applying it? So I, I expect, frankly, that we had a really bad time under the Liberals. I think it'll continue to get worse under the Conservatives, and that's a huge problem for Ontario in the long run. It's a huge problem. Without a doubt, for people who are trying to manage their household accounts, uh, for those electric with electric heating in particular, it's a toughie. Um, but also for our businesses and uh, our large industrial operators, the the reality is uh, you have to take this on. We've got. Uh, private control of the system now. And we saw from Mike Harris's time until today, the price has just continued ratcheting up steadily because there's a huge interest on the part of investors and CEOs who get bonuses for making more money uh, to crank up the price and build more and more generating capacity. Uh, and I, I think we have a government that's not willing to take that on, that frankly is friends to Bay Street rather than friends to Main Street. And they're going to look after them and the rest of us are gonna to have to lump it. At the same time, uh they're borrowing this two and a half billion dollars a year uh to try and keep the bills down. Uh something that they denounced the Liberals for when they were in opposition
1: Well that's yeah this the subsidy. Peter I I'd like to bring Brian Lilly in. Hi Brian. Hi Livy. Is this uh another case where maybe uh Doug Ford promised, you know, more than he could actually deliver?
4: It really could be. and uh, But this is a promise that he has to deliver on. And I may be completely opposed to the idea of borrowing money to you know, subsidize bills over the long term. I think hydro rates should be lower, but is that the right way to do it? It goes against my political instincts. But the premier promised it. And it was a major promise in the election campaign to deal with hydro rates. Now, they've had some luck. Peter may disagree with some of it, but they have had some luck. The crazy uh, increases that we were seeing under the Liberals have stopped. Some of the bad contracts that were given out that they could get out of were canceled, and I think that's a good thing. Uh, But you're still getting uh, up 5% or 12%, depending on how you measure it. This uh, oh, sorry, it was 12% promise. It's up yep. 5% annually, Right. And most recently a regulated 1.8% uh, increase. Well, that's going up, not down, and, and he's got to reverse it. So th- the Premier has spoken to this since my first column a couple of weeks ago, uh, and he says, look, this is the toughest file. Speaking to his people on background, they say that, yes, they will still get to this, but it is one of the most complex files going, and Let's be honest. It's been bungled by every single party.
1: Well, that's that's totally true, and and I'm sure it's also true that 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 it's a huge mess. But but surely they should have understood that when they made the promise. And uh, you oh, I know, thought pe- it was
4: a foolish promise yeah. when they made it, but, but they a, made it. Uh, so but a useful one to live up to it. Useful because it's something that we can all. Relate to now. Peter was talking a lot about um, the privatization. That was a horrible privatization, by the way. That was crony capitalism. That was the liberals selling off Hydro One to people that were showing up at ten to twelve to fifteen thousand dollar a plate fundraisers with the ministers in charge of selling it off, uh, and they were very red faced when they were caught doing that sort of thing. Uh, but. What do we do with that now? Do we well, exa- nationalize it again? That's I- my
1: my question. How do you? I mean, I, I don't think that the, there's any argument that that privatization was a good thing for the people of Ontario. but yeah, it, it, but, but the, how the do you how do you reverse it? Um, Peter, is 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 your idea that you nationalize it like, or, or provincialize it? Ah. What's What's your What's your thought? Do, do does the government even a provincial government even have the right to do do that?
3: Well, it certainly has the right to, to buy shares and it can buy shares back. Hydro One is a profitable operation. And as you buy back shares, they generate profit that can pay for the purchase of those shares themselves. We actually costed it out over a decade. This is something that's doable and something we need to do. But uh, even before we go there, um, again, this is still floating out there. And it's shocking to me that the Liberals let it happen and that uh, Ford and the Conservatives won't act on it. Hydro One got a 2.6 billion dollar gift when they were privatized from the provincial treasury, from you and me, everyone. Brian, you you chipped in as well. You're a <laughs> generous man. Um, thank you, thank you. And frankly, the OEB has the right to say. That money should be going to the customers, not to the investors. And the Minister of Energy could go to the OEB and give a directive, windfall profits, windfall tax gifts benefit the customers. And that $2.6 billion spread over a number of years, uh, and we're suggesting four years, uh, would have a real impact on people's bills. And I, for the life of me, I can't understand, other than the fact that Ford is also Connected to these people who uh, pay a lot of money for a plate of dinner, uh, it doesn 't make any sense that he wouldn 't act on this uh, and brian 's quite right. he made a very substantial promise, and I knew at the time that it was just bunk because there was no substance to it. There was no details about how it would happen uh, and he 's got a problem because the prices are going up, not going down because he 's not addressing fundamental issues and libby. Um, We're refurbishing the nuclear power plants in this province. Darlington, which is one of the big, big um, power generators and is a substantial part of our hydro bill, its power rates are going, well, it was about 5.5 cents a kilowatt hour a few years ago. I know people don't spend a lot of time looking at uh, those kind of numbers, but it's going to triple. It's going to be over over 17 cents uh, in a few years. Um, People will feel that on their bills, or they'll feel it with the subsidy that we're we're going to be having to lay out to keep the bills from skyrocketing. And I don't see any plans from this government uh, to deal with that.
1: Uh, I, we have a, a, a few minutes left in this. Uh, I just want to give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 uh, 740 We probably have about four or so minutes left. Uh, callers, if you want to call to uh, give your two cents, what do you think of your hydro bill? Are you disappointed that Doug Ford's promise to lower it has not come to pass. And Brian Lilly, what do you think about uh, Peter's idea for buying back shares of Hydro One?
4: I just, I, I don't think that is the best use. As much as I disagreed with the nationalized error the, the selling off of uh, this particular asset, uh, I don't think that that's the best way to um, spend taxpayers' money over the next uh, several years. There's $596 million outstanding shares priced at twenty four dollars and twenty nine cents a share that's going to be billions and billions of dollars and i, I you know uh, the, the market total market cap is fourteen point five billion dollars is that what we want to spend that money on or are there higher priorities like ending hallway health care something that has yet to be fixed but needs to be um,
1: another you know, an- another uh... you know uh, very grandiose promise ending it in a year but that's a whole other story (laughs) call us
3: back tomorrow libby i mean we can weigh in on that as well Uh, brian uh, you write you can
1: weigh in any time peter
3: (laughs) (laughs) brian you write very intelligent columns even when i disagree with you I, i appreciate the the thought you put into them on this one hydro one generates a lot of profit um people who buy those stocks uh Pay pay for the purchase of those stocks with the profits that come out of it I mean they, they are making money
4: um, and I understand that, but if we bought them back, that profit should go away. We should not be paying out dividends to ourselves off of the backs of hydro customers who are unable to afford their bill. That seems like a bizarre and sick cyclical way of uh, of dealing with this I, I I would not want my bill higher so that the province gets dividends paid to it. Well, I don't think the bill of the needs to of these higher,
3: but, I, but I'll just say that I, um, when we get it back, we start to... There is a limit on the time that we're going to uh, pay for those shares, and we will be able to use the surplus to pay for hospitals, to pay for schools, the things that people need on a day-to-day basis that we used to be able to do before the Liberals uh, gave
4: away the shop. I, I'll say this, is that... Um, While I was fine with uh, the province owning Hydro One and owning Big Becky down in Niagara Falls, the the big generating station, and, and being in charge of it, and it ran very well for the longest time. The fact is that every political party has gone in, and for ideological reasons, or they owed somebody, or what have you, they've all meddled with the system to the point that it's a complete and utter mess right now. Compare that to your natural gas bill, which for the most part, has remained stable. At times, it's gone down. The price has fluctuated with the market. But we haven't seen the huge run-ups in natural gas bills that we saw with hydroelectricity because there is less interference with the system because people know that uh, they're going to get it delivered, that the people delivering it will get a profit, the people working there will get paid, and you're going to get your home heated. I wish the system ran like that. I don't know what the solution is to get out of the mess that we're in, but I sure to God hope that somebody in the premier's office and the minister's (laughs) office is coming up with something, because they they haven't said what the plan is, but just that within a year to two, they will be delivering on this promise of lower bills before the next election. Let's just hope it's not another ongoing subsidy.
1: And so, Brian Lilly, your prediction, will they?
4: Well, they better or they're in for a rude awakening at the ballot box. You can't make a promise like this to voters. And then, you know, this is one of the central things everyone was angry about at the wind liberals over their handling of hydro. And even the bizarre way that they lowered your bill hiding it. It was described by one economics professor as Enron-like. And <laughs> it was. Um So people were mad about that, saying, well, I made the bill more transparent. That's a good thing. But they didn't vote for a more transparent bill. They voted for a lower bill. So you can't do that and not deliver. They have to deliver on it.
1: Okay. And uh, Peter Tabbins, your prediction, is this going to be your path to power?
3: (laughs) Um, You know, I think that, that Ford made a promise that he had no idea how he would keep and is breaking faith with people. Uh, the liberals were really bad on this file. Ford is turning out to be worse. And I think people will be very angry and very bitter about the state of things in the next few years because these bills are headed up. I don't see any plan. And when I ask the premier, I can't get an answer uh, that's worthy of a first-year uh, university paper. Uh, frankly, not even a grade 10 uni- uh, grade ten high school paper on hydro cost. They don't know what they're doing, um, and that's really bad. And they could act, and they could protect people right now, but they're not doing it.
1: Okay. Be careful I-
3: what
4: you promise in the election, though, Peter. You might have to implement it.
1: Okay, <laughs> Brian,
4: you're right. And it's
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. I just want to say, before I say thank you and goodbye uh, for everyone listening, um, I'm anxious to hear from you on Free For All Friday uh, about what you think about this file and if Brian and Peter are right. One thing they both agree on is that there will be a big price to pay if the government does not deliver on this promise. And with that, thank you very much to Brian Lilly, columnist with the Toronto Sun, and Peter Tabbins, the NDP energy critic. Thanks. Thank
0: you. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.